Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. doing so well and welcome back to the criminal makeup podcast each episode we dive into the minds of some of the worst criminals in history and today we are going to be talking about the case of austin haroof so today's case often gets labeled by the media as the cannibal frat boy yes we have another cannibal case so the cannibal frat boy what the hell which obviously sounds very shocking on the surface, but this isn't your typical cannibal case. And cannibalism definitely isn't even the main focus of today's case. You know what the media is like though, because Austin was a college student in a fraternity. And at the time of this case taking place, he did commit some cannibalistic acts. But of course, there is a lot more to this case than just those two facts. Austin's life took a big downhill turn, which led to the tragic events of today's case. There are a lot of twists and turns building up to this case and a lot of strange and very random events that take place in Austin's life. And this case is definitely a head scratcher. After researching this case, I was left with more questions than answers. And it was really hard to even make this case into a story that flowed and made sense because it's so random. Like you'll realize that at the end of this case, it's random. And there's just a lot of weird, random, strange things that happen. So buckle up for this one and let's get into it. So Austin was born on the 21st of December, 1996, making him a Sagittarius. And he was born in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. Now his father, Wade Haroof, was a dentist. And his father was pretty strict when he was younger. And he was quite forceful, like making Austin do certain things, like certain activities, like such as fishing, which Austin really didn't want to do. So he was quite a strict, quite a forceful parent. And Austin and his dad did clash quite a bit when he was younger. Austin has said that the older he got, he actually did start to get along with his dad. And his dad, by people that know him, has been described as a nice man, but can have a little bit of a temper. Now, his mom, Nina Haroof, is the complete opposite to Austin's dad. She's not as strict and she's very motherly. And Austin and Nina really get along. Austin also has a younger sister. She's one year younger. Her name is Hayley. Austin and Hayley get along so well. They're really really good friends. They're not just siblings. Austin's parents did divorce when he was 13 and Austin and his sister did live with their mom. They still did keep contact with their dad. They still actually had a pretty good relationship with him and they would stay with him quite often. And at some point as well, Austin's parents, both of them got into new relationships and both parents started living with that new relationship, the other person, but they don't really come into the story, but I just thought I should say that anyway. Austin had a pretty normal school life and he actually did get pretty good grades. However, in middle school, Austin did gain weight and he suffered from acne as well. And he was bullied because of his appearance. And this did have a huge 
impact on Austin. His life completely changed. He became extremely self-conscious about the way he looked and he became just a lot more reserved. He was very shy. He really did suffer a lot with social anxiety. And that's all we know about Austin in middle school. And then when he went to high school, he did become more interested in sports and fitness. He joined the football team and he also started to lift weights. And Austin has said that this did give him a lot more confidence, but he did start to become quite obsessed with his appearance and weight loss and just everything about the way he looked. So it did give him more confidence, but he also did develop quite an unhealthy obsession with fitness as well. Following high school in 2015, Austin did go to college. He got a place at Florida State University and he started by studying biology because he wanted some kind of career in medicine. And I can imagine that he probably I don't know if he wanted because his dad was kind of forceful, but I can imagine he was trying to follow in his dad's footsteps because obviously his dad was a dentist and he probably thought, oh, that's kind of maybe the career that I should do. However, he did change his major to exercise science because he wanted to become a dietitian, which does seem quite ironic when you think about what happens in this case. At college, Austin also joined a fraternity, Alpha Delta Phi. And at this point, Austin was drinking a lot of alcohol and he had been drinking alcohol since the age of 17. This was obviously before college and Austin has described himself as a social drinker. He would never drink alone. Austin just found it a lot easier to be social when he was drinking. Alcohol just gave him confidence. Like I said, he did have quite bad social anxiety and Austin was never diagnosed with social anxiety, but it's very obvious and very clear that he did have social anxiety. And when he drank, he just felt overall just less anxious. Austin as well, did not know his limits when it came to alcohol. There was so many times where he would just drink until he blacked out. And joining the fraternity really did not help the situation either. Austin just felt so much pressure from his frat brothers to drink, drink, drink more, more drinking, more partying. He also experimented with quite a few different drugs. He wasn't like a regular drug user or anything, but he did experiment with drugs such as LSD, mushrooms, and molly. He also did smoke marijuana quite frequently, and he had done this since high school. Also, when he was at college, he did experiment with some stimulants to help him study. And then in April of 2016, he did meet a girl, Katie, and they did start dating. So Austin's freshman year went by no major significant incidents. He joined a fraternity. He was partying quite a lot, drinking quite a lot. He also met someone and started dating. However, in summer of 2016, after his freshman year, this is when everything changed. And so many things happen in the summer of 2016. This is when the events of today's case take place. And there was just so many lifestyle changes, like complete switch, like switch up. It was like a completely different person. And a lot of these lifestyle changes is what led to the tragic events of today's case. So his summer started off pretty normal. He did get a job as a dental assistant and he worked for his dad and he only actually got this job because of his dad. Like I said, his dad did used to pressure him quite a bit. So I don't think he wanted this job, but he just got it because of his dad. And then suddenly the date is not actually known, like the exact date, but suddenly Austin decided that 
that he wanted to quit drinking and quit taking any drugs or anything like that. He said that marijuana had started to give him quote weird feelings and he was just very concerned with his body. He became very concerned with purity and he wanted his body to be completely pure and he didn't want to consume anything that would interfere with that and would make his body not pure. And Austin's priority in life now was purity, which to be honest, like is nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong if you want to drink and there's nothing wrong if you don't want to drink. Um, but this was just the start of some uh, very questionable lifestyle changes. I don't want to say choices because I really don't think there were choices in this case and you will understand why I think that. Uh, but this was just the start. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Austin also started to get renewed religious feelings. He had been raised Presbyterian before later deciding in his teenage years to become an atheist. However, in the summer of 2016, Austin started to take an interest in multiple different religions. He started to study Buddhism, Jesus, and Krishna. He also started to take an interest in the Illuminati. And a big difference to Austin as well is that he actually started to feel really good about himself. He had struggled for so long with who he was and what he he looked like and he had finally started to feel really good about himself and this is when he got a very sudden inspiration to start something new and this was complete like 180 it was completely out of his comfort zone and austin decided that he wanted to become a famous rapper And when I first heard that, I'm not gonna lie, I laughed. I was like, what? But now that I know everything that goes on, I just can't help but just see like his mental health deteriorating. And this is exactly what is happening right now. But Austin really threw himself into his music. This wasn't some kind of little hobby that he had. He truly believed that he could become a famous rapper. He believed that if he put enough work and effort into it, and if he wanted it bad enough, it would happen. And Austin came up with a little stage name for himself. And it's not the best in my opinion. Uh, he came up with the name Osty Frosty. Hello bros, uh, it's Osty Frosty man. And he even created a YouTube video of him rapping and kind of singing as well. And yeah, he put it on YouTube. I want you to be my game, baby. 1738, Remy Boy. And like I said, Austin really threw himself into this and it caused him to have obsessive 
racing thoughts that would keep him up at night. Like he really started to struggle to sleep. And I do think he has a little bit of an obsessive personality. He does tend to get very obsessed with things. And this has been a common thing throughout his whole life. He was very obsessed in an unhealthy way with exercise. But music and religion weren't the only things that Austin became interested in and almost obsessed with. Uh, remember, I did say a lot of things happen, very random, we're jumping all over the place here. So all of a sudden, Austin decided that he wanted to help people, which is great, we should all help people more. But Austin wanted to become a major civil rights leader. He wanted to be the next Gandhi. And I reacted pretty much in the same way as when I heard about Austin Frosty. I was just like, is he being serious? Like, is he actually being serious right now? And he really truly was. He thought he could be the next Gandhi. And Austin also thought that he could act as a mediator to solve the problems that were raised by the Black Lives Matter movement. And as part of Austin's transition into being this civil rights leader, he gave up his usual persona of being this like carefree jokester kind of person and he became really serious. And I mean like he became serious as in like he didn't want to joke around, like he wanted to be taken seriously because he wanted to be this civil rights leader. He also started to become a little bit too friendly with people, like not like friendly in a good way. I mean, in his mind, I think he was thinking that he was being friendly in a good way, but it came across a little bit creepy. He would invest himself just a little bit too much into people's problems. And this was particularly evident at the dental practice that he worked at with his dad. He became a little bit too friendly with the uh, patients. He became really concerned with their problems. Like he would ask the patients about their problems and about their personal lives, being a little bit intrusive really. And he became so concerned with their problems that he would literally cry. Like he would cry at their problems because he felt so bad. So two weeks prior to the events of today's case, Austin did go and visit his girlfriend who lived in Tampa. And when he got back from this visit, it said that Austin was just a completely different person. His family could see that his behavior had just overnight like changed. The change in his behavior as well can also be seen in the text messages that he would send to his girlfriend, obviously when he got back. His character is literally just flip-flopping all over the place. And his behavior continued to get even more erratic from this moment on. Austin actually started to believe that he was Jesus and that he could bless and manipulate water and that water could give him power. He even began to wear lighter colored clothes to try and be like Jesus. He believed that if he wore dark clothes that he would be evil. He associated anything dark with evil. He even had a black car and he hated his car because he thought it was evil. He thought that the devil lurked in the dark and that the devil was going to kill him. So pretty much from this moment onwards, Austin kept himself in the light. He would always have lights on wherever he went and he would even sleep with the light on. It would then become a common occurrence for Austin when he was asleep to wake up and see demons. And he wouldn't actually know if he was asleep and dreaming or if he was awake. He truly did believe that there was a dark spirit or the devil that lurked in the dark that was going to kill him. But he didn't only just fear for himself, he actually feared for everyone that he lived with. So obviously he was back for the summer. He was back living at home with his mom, her partner and his sister. And he believed that it wasn't just him that was in danger. He believed that this dark spirit devil 
situation was going to kill him and his family. And he was especially worried about his sister. And he was so worried about his sister that he actually slept in her room. He slept on the floor in her room because he thought that his presence for some reason, uh, maybe because he thought that he was Jesus. I, I don't know, but he thought that his presence would protect his sister. He also became extremely worried about the family dog as well. And he thought the dark spirit was going to kill the family dog. So he would sometimes bring the dog into his bedroom and sleep with the dog. And he thought that they were almost protecting each other. He was protecting the dog, but then the presence of the dog was also protecting him. And you really truly have got a feel for Austin in this particular moment in time, because you can just tell by his his Google searches, that his mental health is deteriorating. He's becoming extremely confused. I think Austin at this point realized that something wasn't quite right with himself, with his mental health. And he was searching for things like how to cope with anxiety, how to know if you're going crazy. And what does it mean when people sell their soul to the devil? In the week leading up to the tragic events of today's case, Austin has said that his brain was just constantly on. It was running all of the time. And Austin also did truly believe Believe that he had some kind of superpowers. Austin experienced extreme levels of grandiosity, but not only that, he also felt completely fearless. And because he felt completely fearless, his actions, his behavior became very reckless. He would literally walk into the middle of the road with cars, driving here, there, and everywhere. And he thought that he was invincible. He felt like he had some kind of force field around him and the cars would just avoid him. Not only was Austin walking out into just busy roads, endangering himself, his driving as well became very dangerous. He was just really reckless. He truly thought that he was invincible and he became such a danger to himself and others. Now I told you, random, this case is random. It does feel like there's just loads of different things and they don't really connect. So not only all of this that I've just said, but Austin started to believe that he was part animal, uh, part dog to be exact. Whenever he would hear dogs barking, he thought that it was souls trapped trying to communicate with him. But then at other times, he also believed that he was half man, half horse. And he started to really focus on the fact that he was a Sagittarius. And the symbol for a Sagittarius is a centaur. And he really thought that he was half man, half horse. So yeah, he's just flip-flopping in between thinking that he's half man, half dog and half man, half horse. He continued on having racing thoughts, very obsessive thoughts. He became increasingly distracted and detached from the world. And he just became like a lot more talkative, which was completely out of character for him. But he also had persisted elevated mood levels. And these would literally last for long periods of time, over 24 hours. It's also reported that when Austin was experiencing these elevated mood levels, that he reported that he needed no sleep. And in the week leading up to the events of today's case, Austin was only getting a maximum of two hours of sleep a night. And there is no explanation really for any of this. He wasn't taking any substances or anything at all that could explain any of this behavior. So on the 13th of August, just two days before everything goes down, Austin starts to collect business cards of people because he thinks that by collecting business cards of people, he's 
protecting those people that he has business cards of. And somehow he would prevent any harm coming to these people if he had their business cards in his possession. And then all of a sudden, literally like that, he decided that actually by him having these business cards, he was convinced that harm would actually come to them. He wasn't protecting them. Like he completely changed his mind. And because of this, he just tore up the business cards and threw them away. And do you guys understand what I mean when I said random about this case? Because it does just seem like so many just isolated weird incidents happen that don't really link together, but they do obviously because it's all in one case. So also on the 13th of August, Austin went out to dinner with his dad and his dad's girlfriend. And he was drinking so much water, like more than normal, like way too much. And he thought that the water was from the fountain of youth and that the water would make him younger. And his dad noticed that Austin was a little bit nervous, like anxious, he was a bit uptight. And his dad tried to convince him to have an alcoholic drink to calm him down, to relax him. And he was almost pressuring Austin to have an alcoholic drink. And not only was his dad pressuring him to have an alcoholic drink, the waiter, clearly the waiter was at the table. The waiter was also pressuring Austin to have an alcoholic drink. But Austin didn't have an alcoholic drink, he refused. And then also at this dinner, Austin's dad and Austin's dad's girlfriend got into a little bit of an argument. Well, not really an argument, but they fell out in some way and Austin offered to drive his dad's girlfriend home. Austin's dad refused to let him take her home. He wouldn't give Austin car keys. And I think he kind of ended up as almost Austin and his dad having a little bit of a confrontation to which Austin left dinner. He left the restaurant and walked home. And Austin's behavior on his walk is a little bit bizarre. It's very out of character. Just like everything that's going on right now is very out of character for Austin. But he starts waving to strangers as if like they know him. He also starts talking to a few people just randomly and he talks to homeless people as well. And in this particular moment, Austin felt absolutely incredible. He felt invincible and he felt again like he had superpowers. And then all of a sudden a street light went off and Austin panicked. He lost it. He spiraled downward so quickly. And in his panic, he ran to a pizza shop that was very close by because he could see that the lights were on. And he ran in there and he asked the customers, he asked people in the pizza shop for help. And it really does just seem like a light switch, no pun intended. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. One minute Austin is feeling very confident, he feels very powerful, almost like he has superpowers. And then the next moment, like a light switch has been turned on or off, he panics and he goes in a downward spiral and he's so stressed and anxious. A lot of the time when he is feeling very anxious, stressed, panicked, it is to do with the dark. He definitely has something going on 
with the dark. So the next day, which is Sunday the 14th of August, Austin goes to a gun show with his dad. And at this gun show, he does buy a switchblade knife, which unfortunately Austin would use in a terrible way the very next day. And at this point, when he's at the gun show, he is so scared of everyone and everything. And when he's at the gun show, he does speak to numerous vendors at the gun show asking them about self-defense, asking them how to use the knife, asking how to protect himself. Okay, so now it is Monday, the 15th of August, 2016. And very sadly, this is the day that everything takes place. So Austin initially woke up and he was in such a good mood. He felt really good about himself. And then quite a lot happens on this day. So I'm really sorry if it literally feels like we're jumping here, there and everywhere, but that literally is what happens. So first off, Austin decides to go for a run on the beach. But this wasn't your typical run. Austin, again, thinks that he is half man, half dog, and he literally starts running across the beach on all fours like he's a dog. And as you can imagine, because he is running like this along the beach, he is getting quite a lot of attention. And then following this beach run, he does run over to his dad's house to collect his car that he left there from the previous day. And again, when he runs over to his dad's house, he's just running into busy roads. Again, he thinks that there is a force field around him and that no danger, no harm can come to him. When Austin arrives at his dad's house, his dad can immediately tell that something's not right. And to be honest, I'm like, well, duh. And he tries to convince Austin to take a Xanax to calm down. And Austin refuses. We know how he feels about anything drug alcohol related and his dad is trying to hand him over a bottle of Xanax and he takes it off his dad and just throws it onto the ground and Austin says that he thinks that the drugs are evil and that they're killing him. So then Austin asks for his car keys because obviously he initially went over to his dad's house to collect his car but his dad is like uh no, I'm not giving you the car keys. I mean, he can see that his son is going through something and Austin doesn't exactly seem like he's in the right state of mind right now to drive. And in response to this, Austin gets on the hood of his dad's car and starts frantically jumping up and down, like causing so much commotion, causing so much noise, pretty much screaming for his dad to give him the car keys. And his dad eventually does give in and give him the car keys. And to be honest, I feel like Austin's dad, I don't wanna jump to conclusions here, I don't wanna judge, um, but it does kind of seem like Austin's dad is way more concerned about what other people are thinking because Austin is obviously creating a scene right now. Um, and I think his dad feels a little bit embarrassed. And the reason I say that is because there's another little situation that happens later on in the day where I think Austin's dad kind of reacts the same. Okay, so now Austin has his keys, he has his car back, and he drives over to one of his frat brother's house because they're having a party there. And lots of people are drinking alcohol, there's people smoking weed, I think there's other drugs at this party, but Austin doesn't do any of that. We know how he feels about all of that. But then, I don't understand this, I really don't, because we know that Austin doesn't want to consume any drugs or alcohol. Austin then takes a bottle of beer and pours it all over his hand because he says that he needs to feed his hand and that he can absorb the beer through his hand, which I don't understand like this whole mindset. I mean, to be honest, I can't understand a lot what's going on in this case. It is just all over the place. It's so confusing. For quite a while now, Austin has been very against drugs, very against alcohol. And now all of a sudden he wants to absorb the alcohol through his hand, through his skin. 
doesn't make sense. Okay, so that's pretty much it for the party. I don't know how long he spent there. Now he's going out to dinner with his dad and his dad's girlfriend, but he doesn't last at the dinner very long because he storms out because he says that he feels trapped. And then before Austin knew it, he had ended up back at his mom's house, at his house, and he had no recollection of how he got there. At this point, Austin's memory is going in and out. He's not really fully conscious a lot of the time. Like he's not always aware of what's going on. So he storms out of the restaurant, has no recollection how, but somehow he manages to end up at his mom's house. And his mom knows that something is up straight away. And then out of nowhere, just in front of his mom, Austin picks up a large bottle of cooking oil and starts to drink it. Oh my God, I literally cannot think. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say, I cannot think of anything worse, but just wait, remember the title of this. But other than that, I literally can't think of anything worse. Drinking cooking oil. He said that he needed to drink it because he was thirsty. And I truly don't think he realized what he was doing in this situation. I don't know what he thought it was, but I don't think he thought it was cooking oil. So his mom made him stop, tried to calm him down. And I think she did manage to calm him down a little bit because she ended up taking him back to the restaurant where his dad and his dad's girlfriend were. I don't know why they did this. I don't know why they thought it was a good idea for Austin to stay out. I, I mean, I don't know. But anyway, Austin ends up back at the restaurant and his dad is not too happy. Uh, Austin has created a little bit of a scene at the restaurant. And like I said, I think his dad is very concerned with what others think of him. And uh, they end up in a little bit of a confrontation. His dad actually grabs Austin's shirt in this little confrontation. And Austin actually pulls his fist back to punch his dad, but he doesn't because he thinks, no, I'm going to be the bigger person and teach my dad a lesson. And Austin just leaves the restaurant. So now Austin has left the restaurant again and he just starts running. And again, he's running into traffic. He's running onto roads. And while he is running, he does see a dark figure. This is obviously not new to Austin, but Austin is completely convinced that this dark figure is going to kill him. And he instantly becomes terrified. Pretty much most of this day, he has felt so confident, so invincible. But now that he's seen this dark figure, he feels absolutely petrified. And Austin starts to run away from this dark figure. As he's running away, he does see a light coming from a house. It's actually coming from a garage. And there's actually a man and a woman in this garage. The garage door is just open and they're in the garage just relaxing. And this man and woman were John and Michelle Stevens. Michelle and John Stevens were both in their 50s and they had been married for approximately 10 10 years. John had worked as the owner of a landscaping company and Michelle had worked in the financial industry. They had both retired early and were now living in the affluent area of Tequesta, just north of Palm Beach, which was where Austin lived. They have been described as just great people, just really nice, caring, very fun, loving people. So Michelle and John were in the garage. They were relaxing. They had two chairs just in the garage and they would often sit in the garage and watch TV with the garage door open so they could kind of like say hi to the neighbors because they were quite close and very friendly to everyone. And this is what they were doing on the night of the 15th of August, 2016, when Austin Haruf came running into their garage. So when Austin ran into the garage, he was screaming frantically because he was absolutely terrified that this dark figure was going to kill him. But of course, Michelle and John haven't got a clue about any of this. They're just sat 
in their garage watching TV when this 19-year-old runs into their garage and starts screaming frantically at them. And naturally, both Michelle and John are terrified themselves. And Michelle completely freaks out and starts screaming back at Austin. But when Austin sees Michelle screaming, for some reason in his mind, he thinks that Michelle is a witch. And he is convinced that she is evil too, just like that dark figure. So in response to Austin thinking that Michelle is a witch, he pulls out his switchblade knife, the one that he bought just the day before at the gun show, and he starts stabbing Michelle. He then also turns on John and he also starts stabbing John. Austin then found a machete in the garage and then starts stabbing both Michelle and John with the machete. And then at some point, it wasn't completely clear when this happened. Like, I don't know if this happened before. I don't know if it happened during and I don't know if it happened after the attack. But Austin found a bottle of liquid in the garage, which he believed was alcohol. However, it wasn't alcohol. It was actually a bleach-like chemical. But of course, Austin didn't know this. In his state of mind, he thinks that it's alcohol. And Austin starts to drink this liquid as if it's alcohol. And again, it's weird, isn't it? Because for the longest time he's been against alcohol, but now he seems to want to drink every single alcohol in sight. But this is when Jeff Fisher comes over to the garage. Now he is a neighbor of Michelle and John and he hears the screaming. He hears the attack that is going on. And he goes over to see what is going on to see if he can help. However, Austin also starts stabbing Jeff. And I truly don't know how, but Jeff managed to get away. And I say I truly don't know how, because when you find out about his injuries, I just don't know how he managed to get away from Austin. But he somehow managed to escape and he ran home and called 911. Police and medical. Young man beating up a woman across the street. Either of them injured. Can you tell from where you are? Yes, there's a girl laying on the ground. He beat her up. I ran over there. I'm bleeding profusely here at the moment. Okay. I don't know what happened. Can you tell if she's conscious? No, it does not appear so, no. I've been stabbed in the back. I'm bleeding pretty bad. I'm telling you, Jeff must have been running on adrenaline, truly, because his injuries were terrible. He had been stabbed multiple times. He had been stabbed in his head. I just, I don't know how he managed to escape and I don't know how he managed to keep calm and collected and managed to phone 911. I mean, you guys just heard the 911 call. He does not sound like he has been stabbed multiple times and he's bleeding profusely. Also, at some point, Austin's mom also called 911. Police department, lunch recorded. This is Chrissy. Um, yes, I need to... I don't know how to do this. My son, he's um, kind of taken off, and I'm concerned about his own safety. How old is he? Acting a little strange. Um, 19. And this is just like a really weird coincidence because Austin's mom doesn't actually know about the murder. She doesn't know about the attack. She doesn't know about anything. She actually just phones 911 because she's concerned about her son and she doesn't know where he is because obviously she dropped him back to the restaurant and I'm sure Austin's dad phoned her and told her that Austin had stormed out again. So that's just a really weird coincidence that Austin's mom also called 911 around the same time as the attack. The police shortly arrive from the 911 call that Jeff has made. And when the police arrive, Austin is still attacking John and Michelle. Austin has also torn off all of his clothes. He is literally 
just in his underwear, and the police could hear Austin making animal noises. Austin was also on the ground, bent over the body of John Stevens. And at this point, Austin was biting into the flesh of John Stevens's face. Austin was literally eating John's face. The police could hear the sound of tearing flesh. And the police were absolutely horrified. I mean, that's not something that you see every day. And immediately the police rush over to get Austin off of John, but they couldn't. One officer then uses a taser to get Austin off. And again, it didn't work. They tried again, used a taser, and it still didn't work. I read, I don't know how true this is, so take this with a grain of salt, but I read that Austin was literally ripping the taser things off of him. Like, how? These tasers were having zero effect on him. I just don't understand how that's possible. Another officer tried to punch and kick Austin off of John. Again, didn't work. They even set a police dog onto Austin to try and get him off. Again, it didn't work. Austin managed somehow to fight the dog off. After all of this, so the police officers that were on the scene have said that Austin was exhibiting superhuman strength. And uh, yeah, he's managed to fight off a dog, fight off multiple police officers, and tasers are having no effect on him. Eventually, don't know how long it took, but eventually four officers along with the dog did manage to get Austin off of John. And Austin says to the police officers, quote, help me, I ate something bad. To which the police officer replies, what did you eat? To which Austin replies with humans. It's just, ugh, I just, I, I can't. Well, no. And even though the police officers had managed to get Austin off of John, it was sadly too late for John and Michelle. They had both suffered extensive injuries. They had both been stabbed multiple times. Austin had also eaten some of both of them and they were very sadly pronounced dead at the scene. The neighbor Jeff did survive even though he had extensive injuries. He had wounds to his lower back, he had internal bleeding, he had broken fingers and he had also been stabbed in the head and the neck. So of course Austin is arrested for all of this, but he is first taken to the hospital for his injuries. And initially the police and the hospital staff thought that he was on drugs because when he arrived at the hospital, he was still being very volatile. He was still trying to violently attack people that were around him. And they had seen other cases of people being on a drug called Flacca, which I'd never heard before. And apparently Flacca had almost given people superhuman strength as well. Uh, so very similar to Austin. But when Austin was tested, there was absolutely no drugs in his system. And Austin himself as well had actually sustained a lot of injuries. He had cuts to both his hand and his tongue. I don't know how he got cuts on his tongue, but he did. He also had terrible internal injuries from drinking that liquid. Austin thought that it was alcohol, but of course it wasn't. It was a bleach-like chemical. And it had caused severe damage. It had burned his throat, his stomach. He had kidney and liver failure. And he had a lot of internal bleeding. He also had blood clots on his brain as well. And at one point, the hospital staff didn't know if he was going to make it. But eventually, it was a long recovery, but eventually Austin did recover. Two months after the murder, Austin was charged with the murders of both Michelle and John, and also the attempted murder of Jeff. And while Austin was awaiting trial, a lot of investigations and evaluations were done into Austin's state of mind. And Austin 
Jane was diagnosed with bipolar disorder with psychotic features. But as the evaluation was taking place and more was coming out about Austin, his childhood was also looked into. It does seem that Austin has been struggling with his mental health from quite a young age. We obviously know that he had crippling social anxiety, but Austin had also suffered with sleep paralysis and this has started from when he was very, very young. And at times when he was suffering with sleep paralysis, Austin felt like he couldn't move or talk and he truly believed at some times as well that he was abducted by aliens. Austin as well has suffered with depression on and off ever since middle school. 60% of the time he said that the depression was just caused randomly, there was no explanation. And then 40% of the time it was always caused by a situational stressor. But Austin has reported that he didn't feel depressed in the week leading up to the murders. Austin had also struggled with sleeping when he was in college and in his second semester he had started to take 10 milligrams of melatonin every night to help him sleep but there is no reports that he had taken this in the weeks leading up to the murder. It was also quite common for Austin to experience quite elevated highs and we know that he was suffering with these in the weeks leading up to the murder. However the difference was is before the week leading up to the murder these highs had never really lasted too long maybe like a couple of hours but in the week and the weeks leading up to the murders these elevated moods were lasting for longer periods of time. They were lasting for over 24 hours, which was something that Austin had never experienced before. Also, pretty much every single person around Austin had noticed a drastic change. Austin's personality completely changed literally overnight. And as far as I could see from my research, there is really no explanation. There is no situational stressor, nothing in my opinion that points to how this happened. On the day of the murder, Austin's sister, Haley had offered to go to therapy with Austin because she could see that he was struggling and Austin actually agreed to go to therapy. Austin's mom as well was also becoming increasingly concerned about Austin's behavior and his character and she also wanted to get Austin help. So in this case, it really does seem like the friends and family around Austin were all trying to take proactive steps in helping Austin, which a lot of the times you don't see in cases like this. A lot of the times people try and sweep things under the rug. And we've got to remember that Austin's mental state did deteriorate rapidly. And I don't think anyone could have really predicted that it would have deteriorated as quickly as it did. And Austin barely has any recollection of the murder at all. He only remembers vague details, but mostly he recalls just a lot of screaming and being terrified. Austin has a vague memory of picking up a machete and stabbing a woman. He also vaguely remembers biting this woman as well. And obviously this is Michelle. And Austin has stated that he he remembers believing that he was a dog when he bit Michelle. And that is why I said at the beginning of this video that it's not your typical cannibal case because he has no real recollection of doing it. And he also believed that he was a dog when he was biting and eating Michelle and John. Oh, that's just so horrible to say, isn't it? It's just absolutely horrible. He also recalls a man. He doesn't know what man this is. It could have been Jeff. It could have been John. He vaguely remembers stabbing a man. Again, we don't know which man this is because he stabbed both John and Jeff. Austin has said that he has absolutely no recollection at all 
about biting John. We obviously know that this happened because this is how the police found him. And then he doesn't remember anything else. The next memory that Austin has is waking up in the hospital. And in my opinion, this is actually a genuine case of insanity. I truly believe that Austin didn't know what he was doing at the time was wrong. I don't think Austin really knew what he was doing at all. And I feel like a lot of the times in cases when insanity comes up, sometimes you don't always know, like there's always a question mark, like are they competent or are they just manipulating everybody? But I truly believe in the case of Austin, this is a genuine case of insanity. And I'm not sitting here making excuses for Austin. I'm not. He took two innocent lives away. He took Michelle and John and my heart goes out to their friends and family because they were taken. They were just sat in their garage and now they're not here. So that was the case of Austin Haroof, and that was definitely a head scratcher, wasn't it? So what did you guys think? Was Austin in control of his actions? How much responsibility does he hold? And I actually do have some updates on this case because Austin's case has finally gone to trial, which has taken such a long time because the murders took place back in 2016, which is like seven years ago now. But in November of last year, November 2022, the trial finally took place. And in the end, it was decided that Austin Haroof would be found not guilty by reason of insanity. Two mental health experts examined Austin, found that he had suffered an acute psychotic episode, and he couldn't distinguish between right and wrong. And because of this, the judge accepted his plea deal of not guilty by insanity. And this means that Austin will now be held at a secure mental health facility until he no longer represents a danger to society, which could be in as little as a few months time. I doubt he will be released in a few months time, but who knows when he will be released. And all of this was decided on the very first day of the trial. So as you can imagine, the family of the victims were not happy. They felt like they didn't get their day in court, that Austin hasn't had to face the punishments for his actions, and that no justice has been served for their families. And my heart really goes out to the families of the victims of today's case. I hope they're doing okay. And that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you so much everyone for listening today. Subscribe or follow to make sure you never miss an episode of The Criminal Maker. And if you enjoy the show, it would mean a lot if you could leave a five-star review. In the meantime, if you've been affected by any of the themes in this episode, please take the time to look at the description for this episode for some helpful resources. Special thanks to my producers at Audio Boom Studios, and I'll see you all in the next one. <laughs>